Amen. We're turning to that portion of scripture that we read together and we trust the Lord will bless us as we come to it this morning. I better take the watch off and put it here. Uh, remember Mary Morrison that was used in the uh, revival in the Isle of Lewis and she had been preaching at a vast meeting in Portadown of the Faith Mission. And she went on, she was a very long, long-winded preacher and she gave the woman a touch about jewellery and all sorts of stuff and these two old ladies were going down the aisle afterwards. And one said to the other, she didn't wear much jewellery herself, she only wore a watch. And the other lady said, well, she could have done without that for all the use she made of it. <laughs> so uh, that's it now. We're turning to this portion of God's word. Let's bow together just in a short prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank thee that we have God's word before us. And we ask thee that as we turn to it, that you will cleanse my heart afresh of the precious blood. You will fill me afresh with thy Holy Spirit and enable me to preach thy word. For we ask it in Jesus' precious and lovely name. Amen. We're turning to, uh, this morning, to the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And the verse 8, here we have uh, this tremendous text. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and up to the uttermost part of the earth. We are living in days of very little evidence of the power of the Holy Spirit moving in the church or in the hearts of the unsaved uh, people around us. And what we need more than anything in our personal lives and the life of our church is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The work of God is not man-led, but Holy Spirit-led. Lacking to churches is Spirit. And it is the same even in our own churches. We have the faithful preaching of the Word of God. But there is very, very little happening. And we realize that uh, we need a moving of God today. Now many churches today are expanding through entertainment and through feeding of the flesh and hyping the words of music, giving people who are under a great sense of pressure, a sense to feel good for a time. And of course it doesn't last because when they leave, it's gone until the next service. Uh, uh, it's purely emotional. And it's just for a short time. I remember a man in Devon telling me that he went up to a big church. He had a church of his own and it had to close down because there was very little going to it, only his own family. And he went up to this church where there was a vast number of people. And they sang hymn after hymn after hymn and chorus after chorus for maybe a good part of the service. And then he said the pastor got up to speak and the most of the people got up and walked out. And he said to some of the men, he said, what's happened that they went out? He says, they do that every Sunday. Uh, they come and listen to the music and then when that music's over, they get up and walk out. John 16 and 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. Unto you. But if I depart, I will send them unto you. 
And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. There must be conviction by the Holy Spirit. And Acts 1 brings us to the end of the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus. And we want in these days to realize that we need this moving of God that he told the disciples would happen. And as he prepares to leave his disciples, having already given them a command in Mark 16 and 15, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And in Matthew 28, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And that same command comes to those of us today that are saved by God's grace. And our command is to go out and to take the gospel into all the world. The first thing, of course, we see in this chapter uh, that we have read together is the unity that they possessed. Now the cross behind them, the victory won, the devil defeated, salvation purchased, Jesus prepares to ascend to heaven and he's still concerned about his disciples and they receive the promise of power and they are told in Acts 1 and 4 and being assembled together with them commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the Father which saith he ye have heard of me and they had the physical presence of the Lord Jesus with them when he gave them that command, but wait. And then in Acts 1 and 14, these all continued with one prayer, one accord in prayer and supplication with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Now they still had the presence of Jesus spiritually with them, but he had already gone up to heaven and he had left. And Acts 1 and 8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Unity is very important in the church of Jesus Christ, and is greatly lacking today. We need the Holy Ghost power. Nothing can take the place of the power of God moving in the midst of his redeemed people. And we need today uh, to be united as a body of believers around the word of God to hear the voice of God leading us into blessing. Oh, let us long for that unity among God. Not ecumenical unity that's about today all over the world, but God-ordained unity. In Psalm 133 in the verse 1. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And in the verse 3 of that psalm. And as the Jew of Hermon and as the Jew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. Even life forevermore. 
And you know, we need to realize that God's children, each one of us needs to be united and seeking to send forth the gospel message. How else do we know how to live for God if we do not dwell in the presence of the Lord Jesus? All for blessed times around the person of the Lord Jesus at the Lord's table. And a lot of churches at the communion service, many get up and leave during the last hymn. Some have to go, of course, and that is reasonable, but many make excuses that uh, they're in a hurry. And others say, I don't feel right. To stay, I need to be living better. But you know, the table is for those who love the Lord and want to live better and closer to the Lord. And where better to confess our lack of love and renew our vows to be better in the days ahead than at the communion service. And 1 Corinthians 11.26 For as oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not to serve the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, where better than when we come to the communion service to confess our sins and to ask the Lord to restore us and to bless us in the days that would lie ahead. Dissension brings hardness and anger and the wrong attitude and no love, no love and our own way. Pride in the heart uh, doesn't do any good either. And there's power, sometimes pride. Uh, we have proud preachers and people in the pew as well that are pride. Unity brings a love for Jesus and for fellow believers. Are we united as believers around God's word and willing to obey his command, to wait and to seek that daily infilling of the Holy Spirit? God's work is not of man but by the Holy Spirit. And yet God uses his redeemed by the power of the Holy Spirit to live a holy life, to witness to the unsaved, to use the preaching of the word of God uh, to speak to the unsaved. And that's why we need to live a life that's glorifying to God. I was in a house a number of years ago, uh, an unsaved house, uh, was doing a mission in an area and the man's name that lived in that uh, area came up. Uh, a man that professed to be saved and he had no testimony. He was a rascal, they said. And you know, I couldn't answer them because I knew that the, what he said was, uh, they said was exactly right. Because his neighbours all knew and the ones in the church knew exactly what uh, they were talking about. And we need in these days to live a life that is glorifying to the Lord and that we need to be united one with the other and we need to be seeking that infilling of God the Holy Ghost that the family will see 
and the neighbors will see and business people that we are involved with will see that we have been redeemed and we are Christ uh, by uh, the blood of the Lamb. The unity they possessed. But then we have the command they received. And verse 4, but wait for the promise of the Father. And you know, the hardest thing is to wait. Doctor's surgery. Uh, you have to wait now, of course. Uh, you might never get an appointment in some cases. Uh, I know up in our area that it's uh, hard to get even a doctor uh, as an appointment. You have to ring, and if you don't uh, ring early in the morning, uh, and you could be ringing for half an hour before you actually get through. Now, it might be different down here, but uh, that's the way it is, and it's difficult. The airport, if the plane is late, and you saw on the news where uh, people were queuing up, and uh, their baggage couldn't be got, and one thing and another, and they couldn't get away. And in this age of hustle and bustle, no one wants to wait. Young people must have everything immediately. A new house, fully furnished, a new car, and a foreign holiday. And that's something uh, that is about today that wasn't years ago. Credit cards are stretched to the limit in days past. Now you know, when days past you bought one thing, and you paid that off. And when you had it paid for, then you got another item. But now, of course, it's all put on a card. I was on home base uh, way back at the beginning of the COVID when they were only taking uh, cards. And the young fellow at the till, uh, he says, you know, we're not taking cash, we're only taking cards. Well, he says, I have a card. But, you know, you have to be careful with a card. Boys, he says, don't I know it. He says, I have a, a credit card, he says, and I've run up a bill of 400 and something pounds. And he says, I couldn't pay it. And my dad had to pay it. And he says to me, he says, if you ever do that again, I'll kill you. And, you know, there he was. Uh, but that's what's happened today. Uh, people don't wait. Christians are in a hurry in God's work. Hence the bringing in of the world and its ways into the church. God's way is to wait for his timing. But first, to go through with God, seeking the infilling of the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 5 and 18, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. In Ephesians 3 and 19, And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Go through with God. Many saved have no prayer times perhaps at home and no Bible study and reading of the Bible. Uh, some man said to me, he says, you know, I've read the Bible through because I was scared that if I died and met the Lord and hadn't read the Bible through, uh, I would be embarrassed. And you know, we need in these days to continually read God's word because it is the truth. And you know, these atheists and evolutionists that uh, don't believe in anything, uh, they don't believe the Bible to be God's word, but with the, the, the word of God has been fulfilled before their very eyes at this particular time. And the, if they read the Bible and saw, they should be able to believe, but the devil has their eyes blinded that they cannot see that uh, all that's in the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation 
Most of it has been fulfilled. And we are living in days which the end times seen as being fulfilled before our very eyes. And we're seeing uh, things happening uh, right across the world even today. And we need in these days to realize uh, that the Bible is God's precious word and to read it. There was a thing on Facebook, maybe some of you seen it, uh, where a state in America was taken to court by atheists and they said you know the Christians have uh, two days in the year they have Christmas, uh, Christmas day and they have Easter Sunday and uh, we have nothing we have Athens have no days and uh, eventually the judge threw it out and uh, the barrister uh, got up there barrister and said you can't do that they haven't got a day and the uh, judge looked down at him he says they have got a day the Bible says uh, the fool has said in his heart there is no God and they have April Fool's Day, the 1st of April. They've <laughs> discovered then that it was only made up. Uh, but you know, this is what is happening today. People do not believe the Bible to be God's word. And we need in these days to uh, pray that God's word will penetrate their hearts. The devil has blinded their eyes and they need the Holy Spirit to come. Earlier Jesus had commissioned his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now he is telling them to wait for the power to fulfill my command. God's work cannot be accomplished in our own strength. Yes, we must plan. We must organize. We must expect God to bless. But the power to see the word of God prosper is in the strength of God alone. And you know, whenever uh, you see answers to prayer and answers that only God can do, then you believe that it is the whole work of the Holy Spirit. No one can be saved unless they're drawn by the Holy Spirit. We must wait on God for his outpouring of the Holy Spirit on our own hearts. Then and only then will we see the blessing of God in our own lives and our family and our church life. Revival begins in your heart and my heart. And we need to get back to those days. Because God always uh, does answer prayer. And I have discovered over the years with doing the missions and seeing people saved. There was nearly in every case when you had uh, got to know the people. Someone in the background that had been praying for them. The first man and his wife got saved. At a mission, second or third mission I had, we up in County Fermanagh. Went to the door, and they came out to the door, and I told them what I was doing, holding the mission beside them, and they said, come in. And I wasn't very long in the room until the woman says, I need to get saved. And she asked the Lord to save her, and when she was finished, he was crying. He said, I made a profession years ago, but I bought a farm, and he says, I uh, got nowhere, and I need to get saved. And I couldn't understand it. It was the first time I'd ever happened and seen it. And uh, she says, you'll take a cup of tea. And she went, and the next thing the phone rang. And a few minutes later she came in and the tears running down her cheeks. She said, that was my daughter. And I've just told her that I've got saved on her father. And she said she's dropped the phone to ring her other sister, her other daughter. 
She says those two girls always came here on a Sunday night. And before they left, they got down on their knees and they asked God to save their father and mother. And you know, that was something tremendous. Answered, God answered prayer for them. And whenever we are led by the Holy Spirit, and those girls were led by the Holy Spirit to pray for their father and mother, and God answered their prayers. And you know, that always happened. I was doing a mission in Dunbury, and it was a tremendous mission. And uh, the Reverend Beatty had given me uh, a list of houses where the children uh, had come uh, to the children's meetings to visit them, to invite them to it. And I knocked this door, and this woman came to the door, and I said, are you Mrs. So-and-so? No, no, she says, I'm not. She says, I, uh, uh, she left this house, and I got the house a couple of years ago. And I said, well, I was just here to ask her to a gospel mission. I don't know whether you have any interest in the gospel, and she started to weep. She says, I'm a backslider, and I need to get right with the Lord. And you know, the Lord had answered the prayers of those people in Dunbury. And that woman came back to the Lord. And we need in these days to see the Spirit of the Lord moving. Psalm 24 and the verse 14, it says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And we're living in days uh, that are terrible uh, to live in. And they're going to get worse as the time goes on because they're setting up, I believe, the end time scene. The unity they possessed, the command they received was to wait until they received the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Spirit of God. And then when we turn, uh, we, the promise fulfilled. In chapter 1, we have saw the unity they possessed the command being fulfilled as they waited for God to move. And then we move into chapter 2 and we see the fulfilling of the, that promise. Chapter 2 and the verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire that sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. God always fulfills his promise. And God promised a Savior in Genesis and he fulfilled that promise in the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And what a tremendous blessing that is today. That we can go out and give the gospel message to those that are perishing around us. Why? Because of the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The promise that was fulfilled. But in Acts 2 and verses 16 to 18. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. 
and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. They shall prophesy. And Joel 3 and 28 and 29, And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaidens in those days will I pour out my Spirit. And what a transformation at the coming of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost on the early church. It transformed Peter into a mighty preacher of the gospel. His weakness was gone, denying the Lord Jesus. From the one who denied the Lord Jesus, now was bold for Jesus. There were gifts bestowed that day uh, of tongues or languages, for the spread of the gospel unto scripture was complete. And everyone in Jerusalem, they heard the gospel in their own language. And what a tremendous thing it was that that pouring out of God the Holy Spirit moved upon all that were gathered there. And it transformed the rest of the disciples who had fled from the cross of the Lord Jesus. Transformed them. And 3,000 souls were saved and separated unto the Lord. And the work of God progressed daily. And the verse 41 of chapter 2, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And the verse 47 of Acts 2, Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. We need powerful praying. Prayer meetings have gone dead from what they were years ago. Uh, whenever the free church came to Oma, I wasn't involved in it, but they, uh, when the tent uh, was burnt and then they got the use of the orange hall, uh, for the Sunday morning and Sunday evening service, and then they got a band hut, just a portable hut, the back of where the Royal Arms used to be in Oma, and uh, they had prayer meetings in it. And you know, those prayer meetings were unbelievable. And I used to go to it, uh, to those prayer meetings in those early days, and the people were crying unto God, weeping for their friends and their neighbors. And it was unbelievable. And I was saying that in Kilskiri. One Sunday I was preaching in Kilskiri, and I happened to mention that, and the Reverend Foster was there. And I said, the Reverend Foster will remember those days, because he was in charge. And whenever he was going out at the end, he says, Ronnie, he says, if we had prayer meetings like that today, he says, they would think there was something seriously wrong. But God moved in power in those days. And what a tremendous thing it was to see the, the work of God go forward. Dr. Paisley, I remember, uh, I think it's in one of his books, but he told me himself that in the first church that he had in Belfast, after some time, he told them, he says, I want you all out at the prayer meeting. He says, uh, on whatever night it was. 
And he says, I'm going to bring a tape recorder. And he says, I'll tape the prayer meeting and then you needn't bother coming back. And he said, it transformed the whole prayer meeting. And God moved in a tremendous way. And we need in these days to see a move of God. Uh, uh, You can't work that up, of course. It has to come from God. The Holy Spirit has to move upon each one. Powerful preaching. And we thank God that in our church we have still sound preaching. But we need to pray that the Holy Spirit will take the preaching and apply it to the hearts of the unsaved uh, that have gathered in under the sound of the gospel. And it's mainly family that is gathering in. It is very difficult in these days to get the unsaved in. Powerful witnessing. Do we witness, as we had said earlier, to to those around us, or do we keep quiet? You know, this COVID thing has allowed uh, a great opportunity. I uh, know a lot of the older people on the hospital road where I live, and if I was out for a walk now, I don't go only a few hundred yards, but uh, I've stop and they say, is this COVID is terrible? People are dying with it. And I've said to them, nobody died with COVID that wasn't going to die then anyway because we die in God's time. And whether it's cancer or whether it's a heart attack. But I said, the most important thing is that you're saved and ready to go. Uh, but uh, we have to go, we have something to do. And they want a way, they haven't a, 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 an interest. And even now they're talking about the war in the Ukraine. Is that the end the world coming? And I said, well, it's leading up to it. It's not the end of the world or uh, the Lord's return, but it's coming. And you need to be prepared. And they don't want to listen. We need a moving of God, the Holy Spirit. And we need a powerful witnessing. And then we need powerful testimonies in God's people. Not in the pulpit only, but before the family and neighbors and friends. Uh, I was witnessing too, and asking them to a mission. And uh, he says, you know, I have a, a man, I do the timesheets, he says. And he says, this Christian man is telling me I need to be saved, he says, and he's putting in a lot of hours, he says, that he doesn't do. And I said to him one day, you shouldn't be doing that. You'll have to cut that out. And he says, sure, it's coming off a broad back. And that Christian policeman lost his testimony. And we need to be careful. Only... This can be achieved when we as God's people are filled with the Holy Spirit. When we are saved, we receive the Holy Spirit. In Romans 8 and 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. But we need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit day by day as we live and serve the Lord. The command is, be ye filled with the Spirit. The verse quoted at the beginning in Ephesians 5.18 And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And let us wait before the Lord and seek the infilling of the Holy Spirit that we might see in our day and age a decline in the apostasy that's in the land and a moving of God the Holy Spirit as we are indwelt by his Spirit. God is still in control of the world. Let us cry unto God to fill us with the Holy Spirit and expect God to answer our prayer.
endue us with power for to witness for the Lord, to serve the Lord, to see souls saved and added to the church of Jesus Christ, such as should be saved. God still has moved in extraordinary ways and days since Pentecost. The 1859 revival and the power that was manifest in conviction and conversion in those days that we read of. W.P. Nicholson in the early 1900s, the Six Mile Water Revival, the days of the early days of the Faith Mission and the IEB and Christian Workers Union, and Duncan Campbell on the Isle of Lewis. And when you read his book of how God used him in those days, and uh, he was nothing special. We used to be in prayer meetings with him and Kilides camp meetings when he had to come uh, to the camp meetings uh, to preach there. But the Spirit of the Lord was moving upon him and used him tremendously in those days. In the early days of the Free Presbyterian Church, as you all know, the evening services were full, local people were coming in, they were getting saved, missions what were held and many saved night after night and still God was still working miracles and our cry to God should be this morning do it again come again in power oh I ask you have you been filled with the Holy Spirit Will you ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit every day? Let us seek daily the infilling of the Holy Spirit and expect God to work in power even in this day of deadness and barrenness. Now I don't believe for one minute there's going to be a worldwide revival before the Lord returns. But you can have revival here in Coleraine. We could have it in Oma. You could have it in Northern Ireland, the south of Ireland. And you could have it across the water. Because God is still able to send us revival. And this day and age the pulpit blames the people and the people blame the pulpit. But as the saved of the Lord let us as individuals go right through with God. Confess our sins if we're backslidden. And ask God to fill us day by day by his Holy Spirit. That we might know his presence and his power again amongst us and we might see the spirit of God convicting men and women and our families and our friends and our neighbours and our workmates that we might see that concern in their hearts that is not there at the minute and we need to believe that our God is still in control of this old world and his plan and his purpose for this day and age in which we live as being fulfilled before our very eyes. And we need to seek God, to see a moving of God, and to see people saved. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts. Let's bow together in a word of prayer, please. Our Heavenly Father, we thank thee for God's salvation. We thank thee for each one that is saved by God's grace. And we ask thee that you will cleanse each one of us afresh in the precious blood and fill us afresh with thy Holy Spirit. And use us in these days to see a moving of thy Holy Spirit upon this land of ours. Oh God, we cry unto thee that you will send us again that great moving of God 
of conviction of sin and salvation of souls in these days. Help us, Lord, to realize that it's not in our hands, but that thou art the eternal God of heaven, and that thou, we pray that thy will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Part us now with thy blessing and help us throughout the day and in the evening service and the preaching of the gospel, for we ask it in Jesus' precious and lovely name. Amen. Amen.